Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I'm of course, as always, your host Chris Dees. Before we get started, as always, please make sure you hit subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, follow if you're listening to this on any audio platforms. Today's guest is a lady I'm very, very excited to speak to. We've been trying to work this out for a little while. I'm really going to be finally managed to sort it out. Uh, but she's one of the hottest rising stars in all of professional wrestling right now. And despite her infancy in the business, she has faced... Some top, top names, some absolute legends of the industry as well. She is, of course, the one and only, the reality check, Miss Maddie Renkowski. Maddie, thank you for joining me. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, thank you. Look, we were just saying before before we started recording, it's a nice early one for me, 7pm. These things normally happen a lot later. I really appreciate you giving me your time. Um... We, as like I said, we tried to arrange this a couple of times, but you were at NWA, weren't you? What were you, what were you doing over at NWA? Wrestling. Well, other than wrestling, <laughs> other than wrestling, obviously. Was it just yeah, NWA TV? Uh, yeah. So I was there for this whole past weekend when they shot um, the pay per view and tapings. So yeah. it was a very, very long couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. No, I spoke to I've spoke to quite a few guests recently that have been at NWA. They've all had really great things to say about NWA. What was what was your experience like? Oh, it was great. Uh, the locker room is incredible. Uh, obviously, it's a female locker room that I was in, uh, but it was incredible. Like the people are nice, uh, and everyone was just very friendly, which is sometimes not always what you get uh, in an all girls locker room. But there are a few, and that is one of them. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Yeah, like I say, I only ever hear good things about NWA, so so that's good to hear, especially from a fan's perspective. Um, I'm gonna get right into it, and I wanna I wanna start off. So many podcasts always ask the same question at the start, like, "Oh, who was your favorite wrestler? What did you like watching when you were younger?" Blah blah blah. But I I'm always interested to know, like, what was your sort of penny drop moment? What what was the moment for you when you were like, "Boom, yes, I I need to be a wrestler. I'm going to go and be." A wrestler this is what I have to do like was it a particular match or a moment or a pay-per-view or anything like that yeah so I mean kind of like you said like what got me into wrestling was a little bit different but like what made me choose to be a wrestler uh was probably when I was in college um I went to the NXT Texas tour um it was the first time really going on the road and they came to Texas so my brother took me and um, I hadn't really kept up and I never really watched NXT, but it was like, oh, hey, we can finally go to a show without like killing our wallets. Um, so we went and um, it was in like a smaller area. So it was a lot closer. Like you weren't like there were no nosebleeds. It was a smaller venue. Uh, so we went and then they were doing this like some type of like multi-man tag match. And all of a sudden, um, Enzo Mori and Big Cass came out and they just started doing their whole spiel. And uh, to see someone have that much power per se, like literally that venue was small, but that whole venue just roared like the entire like monologue with him. Uh, and so to see that it was crazy because I feel like that's what you fall in love with when you watch wrestling. You fall in love with the people and the personalities, not necessarily the moves. And that's kind of what drew me back in. Like ever since that moment, I was like, okay, I need that power. <laughs> <laughs> so you say like it drew you back in. Had you taken a bit of a break from wrestling? I know a lot of people do that. I I took about a five or six year break and I came back around the time of um Daniel Bryan, yes, movement. 
Like I just got yeah. lucky. I came back at a really good time. Like, did you just take a, a while off? Was it just life? Did life get in the way? Yeah, it was kind of like you grow up and like you are interested in certain things. And as you're growing up, you kind of just fall off. And so at that point, I was just like too cool for school, uh, which included wrestling. Uh, <laughs> um, it just wasn't like there wasn't. I guess it didn't like, uh, I didn't connect with it. Um, Cause when I did start, it was kind of early on um, still the divas, but you still had people like Lita and jazz who are different, who are like, okay, like they're not the typical pretty little package. Um, and then further down the line, it kind of started getting not as diverse um, if I would say so. And so it kind of fell off for me, but now wrestling is incredible with the diversity yeah i guess that's that's a really good point i think like especially for for women or for young girls watching at that time if there's nothing for you to relate to on the tv like it's easier easier for boys isn't it easier for men because there's so much so much different diversity and so many different backgrounds but for for women i think at that time that you mentioned really outside of jazz and jacqueline in terms of di oh and gail kim as well in terms of diversity that was it yeah no, there was absolutely nothing and there were no different sort of like styles and backgrounds like you said lita was somebody who sort of like broke the mold a little bit wasn't it and and, and sort of like inspired alternative girls i guess you would say different girls <laughs> yeah but i would just even say more of like the tomboy girls like the ones who couldn't necessarily latch on to uh little barbies like of course people played with barbies but like i didn't relate with them i didn't like see myself as a barbie like i was just one of the boys like when i was growing up i was friends with the neighborhood boys we'd go out and like do hood rat stuff i don't know <laughs> suburbs though so not like real hood rat stuff just like suburban hood rat stuff <laughs> one of the um one of the names that you mentioned in there and then i said as well jazz now i know i know you must have talked about this probably on every podcast that you ever do. I try not to watch other podcasts that my guests are on because I, I just want to ask questions that I want to know the answers to. It's not about like getting news or getting anything different out of my guests. Um, so I interviewed Jazz. Um, it was about about two months ago. I interviewed Jazz. Oh, wow. She was awesome. She was so nice, so friendly, so down to earth. And she actually mentioned you. So I wanted to I wanted to come back around to that. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? She knows she knows what she's talking about. Um, when I when I spoke to her about you, it, that's when it dawned on me that that was actually your your first match, wasn't it? Which is yeah. insane. Like, how did that opportunity come about to to face off against literally a legend in your first match? Yeah. Um, so the school that I chose to start my training off was a hybrid school of wrestling here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, Chris Marvel is the head coach at the time he opened it. Um, he actually cares um, about his students, like shocker. Uh, so he, <laughs> so he um, brought in um, Jazz, Rodney Mack, and Funaki to the school to do a seminar. And from that seminar, they actually stayed. Um, so we were able to like get a larger facility. Uh, there's four rings. So like each coach had like their own ring to kind of like run. Uh, so at that moment, when I first started like training and I was about to start performing, Jazz was actually my trainer. 
Um, so it was actually a student versus trainer match for my first match ever. And um, it was terrifying, but I'm incredibly like, not many people can say that they got to wrestle a legend in their first match. No, no, absolutely not. Like how, how was that experience for you then? Did you, did you learn a lot from that match? Obviously if she was your trainer, then, then you would have obviously got tips and advice and help from her afterwards. But like, how did that match actually go? Yeah, no, I was terrified. Um, so one, just having the first match ever uh, is terrifying. But then to go against Jazz, um, <laughs> like what? I was, I feared this woman growing up, and now I'm going to be standing literally across the ring from her. Like that's insane. Uh, but as one does, I watched a lot of film study to like prepare. And literally, like before every single match, everyone's chanting like "Jazz is gonna kill you," and I was like, "Yo, they're gonna do that." And I don't know what to like. I don't know how to respond because she probably is, and she did. Um, and then, <laughs> as a true veteran, she knows that like the fight is not just in the ring; it's also mental. So, like, she made sure to tell me like every single day leading up, like I taught you some of what I know, not all of what I know. Just remember that. I'm like Jess. I get it. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna kick my butt. <laughs> oh, that's mad. That's just just a crazy like experience just, just like like you say like jazz is a proper legend like um i think was she the first ever black women's champion in wwe i think she, she was yeah, yeah. Like, and that's your first match that's crazy funaki is another name that i really didn't expect you to drop in there funaki doesn't really come to mind when you think of great wrestling trainers no disrespect to him obviously yeah but um yeah that's a bit strange what about um i read i read something not long ago about reality of wrestling as well like you you went to obviously that's booker t's school reality of wrestling but that obviously didn't work out was there a, a particular reason that didn't work out uh houston texas uh it's not my thing <laughs> well, fair enough <laughs> yeah he's located like right below houston and houston's too busy for me um and just when I went and uh, like viewed hybrid before I even signed up to do it, it was just a totally different environment. Um, like I went in there and I'm a very dry, sarcastic person. And so the fact that like the trainer Marvel uh, was able to like tit for tat, like keep up with my sarcasm, I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> if anyone can handle that from the get go, like I think this might work out. <laughs> yeah that's a, that's another good point like it, you you shouldn't necessarily just go to where the biggest names are working like if that's where if that's where it feels like you fit more and, and look at what you've done just in these first couple of years you obviously made the right choice because like i said at the very start i didn't just say that because you're on the show you are <laughs> waves in the business you know what i i'm really keen to ask you about your time in AEW because you've obviously wrestled for them quite a few times already in this really short period of time. Um, but I wanted to ask as well about Thunder Rosa because you, you've spent a lot of time over at her um, over at her promotion, haven't you? Over at her school. What's she? She's awesome. I love yeah. Thunder Rosa. I think she is a name that doesn't get talked about nearly enough in terms of like the best women's wrestlers today. So have you spent much sort of like one-on-one -on -one time with her? Have you spent much time learning from, from Rosa? Yeah, um, so I actually met her for the first time when I started at Hybrid. She had just moved to the Texas area. Uh, so she was like coming in sporadically to train because I think at that time she was signed to the NWA. Um, so that's when I first had my encounter with her. 
Um, and she is actually the one who ran Mission Pro as well back then. And so they're actually the ones who booked me for my first match against Jazz. Um, so I guess she has like some kind of thing for me, like where she wants me to die. Because uh, ever since then, like all the mission shows, she puts me against killers like Holly Dead and La Rosa Negra and stuff. So I think they're just seeing whether or not like that's the last one for Maddie. Uh, but no, I was I'm super fortunate to have met her then. Um, and since then, like her and Jazz and Rodney opened up the Dog Pound School for a little bit and she was there training. And it was kind of, um, it was a different style. She has a very different style. And since she has such a worldly background, uh, we would do like warm ups that they did when she was in Japan. And like, it was terrifying, but it was just like new, it was fresh, it was. Is very different, but uh, she also has a lot of experience in this business as a woman. Um, I would say prior to like the Me Too movement, um, a lot of women in wrestling were not treated as well. Um, and so she has definitely had a lot of experience with that. Um, so she's kind of used her platform um, and everything that she's gone through to help these newer girls such as myself um, feel comfortable in the business or be able to kind of speak up for yourself. So she has helped me in more than just in the ring uh, wrestling business, but also just in life in general. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's lovely to hear. Like you don't you don't hear stories like that very often. You hear about wrestlers who just sort of like want to one up each other. It doesn't feel like a very other than Ring of Honor, who I've spoken to loads of their talent. It, the wrestling industry feels very. Um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but it, it doesn't, it feels like everybody's looking out for themselves. But one yes, of the it's I very always, selfish. Yeah, very selfish. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably the best word. Yeah, very, um, yeah, just sort of like scratch your own back sort of thing. But Ring of Honor and lots of the talent, lots of the women in, in AEW and especially Thunder Rosa, she's one that I always hear about, is really keen to look out for, especially the younger talent, the younger girls coming through. Um, yeah, sounds exactly like that's the the experience that you've had with her. Um, I'm gonna have to ask about AEW then. So I was really really keen to f to find out about AEW. You made your debut just under a year ago, I think it was Layla Hirsch. Um, yes. Yeah, on AEW Dark. Um, you've since teamed with you faced Nyla Rose, teamed with Nyla Rose. Um, faced Britt Baker, Big Swole, Red Velvet, lots more. Like you've only been wrestling for two years, so you know it's sort of similar to the jazz question like how are these opportunities of AEW coming about so regularly because they obviously they obviously have some trust in you they obviously know you but you're not signed to AEW. so that's that's something i've always been curious about over like maybe 30 years of being arrested <laughs> see the same people come back to work dark shows don't you so how how does that happen um i mean I'm not entirely sure because I mean I also question why I'm not signed all the time uh, <laughs> but uh with the dark opportunity again uh, I was very lucky to have Thunder Rosa in my corner uh, she kind of put a good word in for me and two of the other girls that were at Mission Pro um and so a lot of people at that time were like oh like you're just there because of Thunder and I'm like yeah I got to the door because of Thunder but like I kicked that shit down like <laughs> thunder hasn't kept me there for a year like they're not like oh we got to do this favor for thunder rosa like no like my work and my my ability has kept me there um and why do they keep bringing me back obviously because i'm great 
Um, I don't know. Um, I think they do trust uh, my ability to uh, kind of have an idea of what I'm doing, an inkling at the least in my two years. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a good point because I, I, I understand why people say that. You hear about Charlotte Flair all the time, don't you? Obviously, she got where she got to because of her dad. No, like, her dad helped to get her the opportunity, sure, but her talents and her athleticism and her skill and all that kind of stuff is what's kept her where she is. Like, if it was all down to Thunder Rosa, you'd be on, I don't know, You she'd probably get you on Dynamite having title matches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it was all about nepotism and favouritism and things like that, then then you would be, not not to sound horrible, but you would be further ahead in AEW than, than you currently are. But the fact that you're doing all these dark appearances, elevation appearances, things like that, shows that you want to put in the hard work to get there off your own merits. Yeah, and I think I am only two years in this business. And for me, watching when Thunder Rose was actually signed, like, six years into her career like she put in the blood the sweat the tears like and by the time that she got signed she has like a huge fan base and so like no matter where she comes out no matter like what state she's in the whole crowd just is like wild um i feel like in my two years i don't know anything um especially compared to like some of the great minds that aew or any company really has um so i think that i am fine having to like go through this time period because there's great people like Mercedes Martinez who's been doing it 15 years before she saw anything and she puts together and she puts on great matches so this is like my learning time like that's fine just when it comes time and that I have like the ability to do what I want like on a platform like that it'll be great (laughs) without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, no, and, and like you say, it gives you more time to learn, but it also gives you time to learn what not to do. It gives you time to learn from your mistakes as well, because you are probably, you know, not to be horrible, you are probably going to make mistakes, especially so young into your career. So <laughs> if you were to just be thrust into the spotlight right now, thrust to the to the main, you know, to the main event, to the top of the card, all it would do is lead to, like, like I say, criticisms and fans saying, oh, she's only there because of Thunder Rosa. But if it takes you another year, just think of all the experiences you'd have had in that extra year yeah yeah because you see people get signed like all the time really young and then you don't really see them and then all of a sudden they pop up in like an eight-man tag and you're like oh shoot where's she been like I don't want to just be like (laughs) I don't want to be a side piece Uh, (laughs) like I want to have like storylines I want to like have my stuff mean something i don't want to just be thrown in a random mixed tag or whatever but in order to have that i have to be someone so i'm very i'm learning i'm learning how to be okay with not just instantly getting that contract yeah completely agree no i completely i think it's absolutely 
without having any experience of the wrestling industry myself, obviously it sounds like the right way to do things. Um, have have you had any conversations about doing more regular work for AEW or potentially signing some sort of deal, or is that not what you want to do right now? Do you want to wait? Um, I mean, there has been no conversation, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, no, so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just living. I'm getting all the opportunities that I can. Uh, like I said, NWA was great uh, being around those people, being able to talk to Billy Corgan and all of them uh, and have them like appreciate my work and tell me like, oh yeah, great job. Like you did really good. I'm like, <laughs> so, so I'll take what I can get, but I'm not entirely sure where the path leads. I'm sure it's going to lead to huge, huge things. Um, like I said, you, you've already had loads of huge things. There's been, um, obviously, all the AEW work, SWB Fury, the, the first ever match against Jazz, working with Thunder Rosa so much. What are your immediate plans for 2022? Because, obviously, we've had a really rough last year and a half. Things look like they were getting better, but they might be getting worse again with the whole new new strand of COVID. So we don't know what's going to happen. But assuming everything's okay... Obviously, we're at the end of 2021 now, going into a whole brand new year where, fingers crossed, everything will be okay. What are your immediate plans? Like, is, is there anything that you want to achieve over the next 12 months? Um, Japan, Mexico, anything like that? I mean, one, I want to make it out of 2021. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. But um, I definitely sense things, hopefully, uh, are opening up more as far as regulations and shows. I would love to travel more in the States, uh, for sure. Um, I know I have a couple of bookings coming up in, like, Minnesota, um, North Carolina, just different states. But, like, if it was possibility to like go out of the country. I know Japan just closed down, I think again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would love to go out of the, <laughs> I'd love to go out of the country, but I'm not sure how possible it is right now. But I think like when people leave and get that kind of experience, it does add to like their, uh, their resume. It adds to their, like they're more, valuable at that point so I think that's definitely something that I would like to look into um for sure I definitely want to work uh Wrestlemania weekend whether it's just an indie show in Dallas because it's literally like four hours from me so it would be absurd not to go make that drive and at least like entertain some fans <laughs> yeah I guess it's a bit difficult isn't it to make solid concrete plans at the moment with it's it's just so uncertain like, I thought yeah, it was be okay I, by now, but... <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I don't necessarily know exactly how, like, overseas plans are trip. Wait, what? Overseas trips are planned. Yeah. But I feel like that takes some, like, some really big planning. <laughs> yeah, sort of just best to, like you say, play it by ear. Just, just see how things play out isn't it really um one so something i wanted to ask you about as well is um i don't get many female guests on the show for some reason it just seems to be harder to get really good female guests so i'm really glad that you joined me because something that i'm really um keen to get your views on is just sort of like women's wrestling as a whole obviously over the last uh let's say five or six years women's wrestling has seen a massive boost a huge 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 turnaround 
compared to what it was like we were saying before when we were growing up watching wrestling it was in a pretty dark place women's wrestling yeah. only like 10 years ago it was so bad no disrespect to the women involved but it was so badly handled and so many incredibly talented women being wasted and obviously like i said since the women's evolution in wwe um impact with with their women as well ring of honor have been doing a great job with their women obviously things have got a lot better but recently <clears throat> uh, wwe seem to be back in that mold of just focusing on the same four or five women and sort of forgetting about everybody else i don't want to be too critical of AEW, but obviously in their first two years there's been a lot of criticism over the way that their women have been handled as well so as as a woman's wrestler how how do you feel about how women are being represented at the moment obviously we had we had a, a main event match at wrestlemania this year which was huge sasha banks and bianca Belair, which was massive but Things seem to be they from a fan's perspective slipping back yeah. a little bit. What what's it like for you within the industry? Um, I mean, I feel like you're correct in the sense that women's wrestling is kind of it's been on the uprise. Um, but I feel like at the same time, some people are just like, oh yeah, I'm super into women's wrestling. Let me put one match on the card now. Like it's still not getting the respect it deserves, but we've definitely made a lot of headway. Um, I feel like, and you do have people like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker who put on that lights out match, which was incredible. And uh, I would definitely say a lot of women like uh, Masha Slamovich, if you know her, La Rosa, Holly Dead, Ivelisse, they put on like top caliber matches. And I feel like their intensity and their strikes and whatnot i feel like they're kind of very helpful in the independence as far as like getting women's wrestling to be on that same level as men um but i think that's one of the things i always say as well like with mission pro it was an all-female promotion and i think at the beginning um it was nice to have people be like oh yeah all women's promotion like this was great this was a great show but like now i'm almost at the point where it's like okay we understand it's an all women's promotion but now you just need to acknowledge that it's just a great wrestling show it's not just like oh great women's matches like no this is just a great show because women now are coming out of the woodwork and we're all different shapes sizes capabilities um some of us are zombies like <laughs> what I guess <laughs> like it's nice uh, to be able to get to do stuff like that. But obviously we're always um, seem to be in the shadow of the male, sometimes on the higher level of wrestling, which kind of cracks me up. I just saw this uh, like TikTok and it's like, oh, women make less than men and blah, 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 blah. Like the way to fix that is to get jobs that like men have so instead of being a woman lawyer be a man lawyer i'm like shut up but it's funny because it's like they're literally the same thing but it's just like against the female or male so it's, i didn't do it i didn't do the joke justice but that's how it was <laughs> no I, I get i get what you're saying it is it's crazy isn't it like um look at tennis players people like serena williams serena williams is hands down one of the greatest tennis players of all time not just women's tennis players you know, she could yeah. be the majority of the men. And like you, you named a lot of women in there as well. Wrestlers who I'm sure could could put on and have put on better matches than the men. So I, I don't really understand how we can go from a WrestleMania triple threat main event, the first of its kind, groundbreaking moment, and yet then 
it almost felt like um not like a side piece i think that's the wrong word it it felt like it was a um a first ever for the sake of being a first ever if you weren't then going to make it a consistent thing yeah i feel that yeah it's 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 weird. I I I've been a huge advocate of women's wrestling for such a long time. I just wish, like I say, they could do it more consistently. But that's just WWE. Like I said, Ring of Honor until their unfortunate news recently. What they what Maria Canellas was doing over there with the women was was fantastic. Impact have been consistent. Diana Perazzo is incredible. You know their their women's division is amazing. It just for some reason, WWE have the biggest platform. They've they've given the women that big platform, but they just they don't seem to know how to book them outside of about four or five specific women. We all know who those are. Obviously, the the four horsewomen and Bianca Belair. That's pretty much it. They go through these really weird spurts of doing great things and then just nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because then literally everyone else is just kind of thrown and hopefully you fit in this spot. Otherwise, you're just not on television. <laughs> Yeah, still getting two or three minute matches, just like ten, fifteen years ago. But hey, we we could talk about that all day. Let's let's move on from that. Um, I want to do. I'm going to do a little quick fire round with you. I do this quick fire round with all my guests. Just going to throw sort of like seven or eight questions that you. you can either go into as much detail as you want, or just give me a couple of word answers. Um, I'm going to start off with for you, in your opinion, who is the greatest female wrestler of all time? Jazz. Jazz, okay. Not even a moment's hesitation, just straight there, jazz. She is, she is. <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to know the answer to this because you've already said her name, but um, were you more Lita or Trish? Lita. Oh my gosh, that feud. That was one of the first feuds that ever like drew emotion out of me. My brother was a Trish fan, I was a Lita fan. We <laughs> fought after uh, <laughs> every match. <laughs> it was brilliant, yeah. I think it's probably the greatest women's feud of all time. Certainly WWE. Anyway, I, it's the yes. first one that I properly remember as well. I loved Lita because she was obviously a part of Team Extreme. They were my favourites as well. Yeah, I've got all the time in the world for Lita. Um, Austin or The Rock? Uh, probably The Rock. Everybody says The Rock. I'm the only person who ever says Austin and I don't know why. I like Austin, but just like, he's The Rock. Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Johnson. There's a reason he's the biggest star in the world, isn't it? He is the rock. Exactly. There you go, he's the rock. Okay, um, who would be your dream opponent? Ooh, um that's hard. Can be past or present. Um, at some point I want to wrestle Shazza McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Love Shazza, yeah. That'd be great. Um who has been your favourite opponent so far? So far, um, I think Kylie Ray. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very. She's too happy. Pisses me off. <laughs> Made it very easy to beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> um, where's your favorite place that you've wrestled? Like favorite venue? Um, probably at Daly's place with AEW. It's just very. First time ever, like being in something like that. Yeah, awesome. Okay, um, and then finally, three guests for your dream, three wrestling guests for your dream dinner party. Who would they be? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I know everybody that I ask that, they're like, "Oh my god, there's too many to choose from." I don't. Yeah, I don't even like that many people. 
Um, one, let's see. Scotty Tulani. Uh, he was one of my favorites growing up. I don't know why. Well, I do. It's the worm and the flat top. <laughs> it's true. Um, him. Let's see. This is hard. Who are yours? Tell me yours and I'll think. Uh, mine would be Eddie Guerrero. Um, oh, easily, easily Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I think Jeff Hardy. Oh, that was going to do that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff would be great um, and I think I, I would pick somebody from a bit more old school and probably go for uh, either the Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior just because it would be crazy it would yeah. just be the most insane dinner party with one of those guys there <laughs> touche touche let's see so I said Scotty Tuati maybe Enzo just for the fun of it yeah that'd be fun and uh, yeah, I'd be a little wild. Maybe too wild. Um, <laughs> too wild. Um, and let's do Mankind. Okay. I feel yeah. like he, yeah. he has a very great mind. I was fortunate to meet him at uh, NWA this past weekend. And he just has stories for days. I love how involved he is. Like, obviously, he's still very linked to WWE. I don't know if he still works for WWE. He must have some sort of legends deal or something, but he's just everywhere. Like, he's yeah. so involved. He went to see Jim Ross yesterday after his cancer treatment. Like, he just seems like a really good guy, Mick Foley. Yeah. He's, he he does, yeah. Like, uh, when he was there this weekend at NWA, he was, like, talking to everyone. It wasn't like, oh, I'm too good for this. He was, like, sitting talking to literally everyone who would talk to him. Yeah, one of those guys who just wants to give back to the business, isn't he? Also, I would, lo I would love, love, love to interview Mick Foley. I think we could talk for literally for days. Like, it would be like a six-hour interview. Nobody would watch it because it would be too long, but I don't care. I he would be incredible to talk to. Um, uh, I um, Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for joining me. One, the, the last question that I always want to ask my guests, especially guests who are sort of like still on the independence as much as i know who you are and i'm a big fan you have only been resting for two years so i'm sure there are a lot of fans who who are still not familiar with you so the last question the last segment that i put into all of my interviews is simply to put yourself over so take as long as you want again it can be short and sweet or you can take your time and go into great detail why should people be paying attention to maddie renkowski in 2022 Gosh, I'm even harder. I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen me, clearly you need to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all on Maddie underscore Renkowski. That's M-A-D-I underscore W-R-E-N-K-O-W-S-K-I. If you can spell it, you can find it. <laughs> sure, I'm the only one. Um, but I don't know. I just, we keep it real here. <laughs> and who knows what the heck will happen to me in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll put all of that in the description as well on YouTube and on the audio platforms. Um, have you got any shows coming up soon? You mentioned, you mentioned earlier that you had a couple of bookings. Where can people find you in, in the immediate future? Yeah. Um, I don't know when this is going to drop, but like tomorrow I have Mission Pro against Lady Frost. Um, She's going to be in Texas, so it's like 80 degrees right here, so I'm not worried. <laughs> um, and then I believe uh, this upcoming Wednesday, I will actually be headed back to uh, 
the DFW area for AEW coming too. So hopefully, hopefully I get something out of that. But there's a couple more, but not as important as as two coming up. (laughs) Yeah, no, I will 100% be keeping an eye on what you're up to in 2022. I hope everybody else will as well. Maddie, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really glad we finally managed to do this. You have been an absolute (laughs) delight to talk to. Um, Guys, if you've enjoyed watching this, if you've enjoyed listening to this, like I said at the start, please hit subscribe, please hit follow, and I'll hope to catch you next time on It's My Wrestling Podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.